Hi there, welcome to Feed Your Faith. I'm your host, Courtney Kopeck, and I'm a Christian weight-inclusive food and body image coach. This is episode number five on Feed Your Faith, and today's episode, I'm going to be talking about choices. I'm going to be talking about how we have the choice every single day to choose whether or not we are going to accept our bodies, whether or not we are going to make loving decisions around our food in a godly way, or whether we are going to choose to listen more to the evil voices, the dark voices, the sort of diet culture voices that um, try to tell us who we are outside of Christ. So I'm really excited that you're going to be joining me here today. Uh, But before we get to that, I just have a few announcements that I want to make. So let's get to the announcements. We walk along the water. We open up our eyes. Let it go and let it in. One Welcome to another episode of Feed Your Faith. I'm your host, Courtney Kopeck, and today I am going to be talking about choices. This is something that just kind of like hit me. It came out of left field. It came out of nowhere. But when I started really thinking about it, it made a lot of sense um, in terms of body image and in terms of how we view ourselves and especially in terms of uh, being Christian and our choice to follow Jesus. So that is basically what the episode is going to be about today. And I want to start it off. I don't have any like huge major scriptures that I'm going to be pointing to. Some stuff might come to my head as I kind of go through this. Um, But I want to start off with this question of what if you woke up every morning and you said, this is who I am in Christ. What would it take for you to believe that? And I don't mean like you wake up and you say, this is who I am in Christ without really knowing who you are in Christ. I'm saying, waking up and saying, this is who I am in Christ. I am X, Y, and Z. I am saved. I am loved. I am precious. I am renewed. I am chosen. I am a daughter of the King. Um, I am forgiven. I am a child of God, right? Like the Bible gives us so many answers to the question of who we are in Christ, but I don't think we spend enough time really thinking about that. And recognizing that we have a choice every morning when we wake up, we have a choice to decide who are we going to be that day? Are we going to be the person that the outside world tells us that we are? Are we going to walk around and listen to the signs and signals, um, pay attention to those kinds of things that tell us that we're fat, that tell us that we're ugly, that tell us that we're lazy, 
that tell us that we're not worth anything, that tell us that we don't measure up, that tell us that our lives are never going to account for anything, we are never going to be happy, we are never going to be fulfilled. Are we going to listen to those messages? Or are we going to listen to the messages that God sends us in his word, that we are chosen, that we are forgiven, that we are his child, that we are righteous, that we are kings and queens and princes and princesses and um, just all these magical, wonderful things. We get the choice to decide who we're going to be. And I don't think that we really give that choice enough thought. We make so many choices throughout the day. I mean, think about it. It's like, do I want peanut butter or do I want jelly on my bread? Am I going to drive to work or do I want to ride my bike? Do I want to go to the gym or do I want to stay home and surf the web for a little while? We have a million choices that we make every day, but how often are we intentionally choosing to either listen to who we are in God and really own that or listen to who the world says we are and really be owned by that. Because there's a difference between owning and being owned. And make no mistake about it, when you're choosing to follow the world, you are choosing to be owned by Satan. You've made that choice. And it's tough. It's really tough, but it's supposed to be tough. It's not supposed to be easy. Jesus says that. He's like, this is not going to be easy. I didn't come to save the world. I didn't come to bring, you know, peace to the world. He talks about how he came to put like, you know, family members against family members, mothers against daughters, fathers against sons, right? Like best friends against best friends. And there's going to be strife. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be choices, but we have a choice. We get to make a choice. So what this has to do with our body image and our weight is, are we going to choose to be defined by those things? Are we going to choose to be defined as the fat girl in the office? or the fat girl in the family, or the fat girl in the store, or the fat girl on the street. Is that who we are allowing ourselves to be defined as? Or are we deciding to be defined as followers of Jesus? And if we are followers of Jesus, then what does that mean for us? How does that then define our every day because it's easy to understand when we're choosing to be the fat girl, how that defines our every day. We've made that choice so many times, so many times. In fact, we're getting fed up with making that choice, right? That's why we're listening to this podcast right now. That's why I'm making the podcast right now. I'm just as fed up with you about feeling as though I have to fit into this idea that because I don't weigh a certain number I don't have a certain amount of worth, right? We're all getting pretty fed up with it. But we've played that story over in our head time and time again. So it's very easy for us to lean back into that story and decide, yeah, this is who I am. 
that's why I'm saying when you wake up in the morning, do you even ask yourself who you are in Christ? Or are you just automatically waking up as the fat girl again? Are you just automatically waking up thinking, well, it's another day that I can't fit into those jeans that I was hoping I'd fit into. It's another day where I have to go and work out when I really don't feel like working out. It's another day where I have to freak out over what I'm going to be eating. Am I going to choose the salad today? Or am I going to end up falling face first into a platter of snickerdoodles at the office? Those are the choices that we tend to linger on. We tend to think about, and we don't focus enough on the choice of Who am I in Christ? Because if you are a follower of Jesus, then you are somebody in Jesus Christ. And that somebody is very important. And I'm telling you right now, it's not that you are the fat person. Um, The devil loves to fuel our low self-esteem. One of the things that I've learned about myself over the course of my recovery in terms of getting over this need to fit into a certain mold, getting over the need to be thin, getting over the excessive energy to be valued and wanted and appreciated because of my size and because of the foods that I eat, um, is that I really struggled with flaws. I really struggled with the idea that I had flaws. I don't like having flaws. That bothers me. Because every time I've had a flaw, I've had pain. And I've seen fat as my flaw. And I've seen not picking the cleanest food to eat as a flaw. I've seen not wearing the right clothes as a flaw, not getting the right job as a flaw, not being the best student in school as a flaw. I've, you know, not being picked the bridesmaid in many of my friends' weddings. This is a flaw, I feel, and I'm not supposed to have flaws. I need to be flawless, which is ridiculous when you think about it because nobody's flawless, right? We are created as sinful creatures and sin is flaw. Really what it boils down to is sin is flaw, right? God is flawless. God is perfect. God is sinless. Man is not. Man is sinful. Man has flaws. We make mistakes. We screw up. Um, and yet we're not willing to accept it, right? We want to see our lives on this very linear plane of just everything's going along smoothly. And I've got it all figured out and I'm not going to have any difficulty. I'm not going to have any struggles. And if I do, I'm going to know how to handle them. That is very much how I sort of navigated my way through my life. And it was so exhausting. And I wondered a lot of the time, am I the only one who's doing this? How many people out there, you know, am I the only one who's freaking out over every little decision that I make? Am I the only one who's getting anxiety and worry about not getting it right, making the wrong choice, feeling as though my entire life, my entire world is going to fall apart if I don't pick the right thing. That is how I felt 
for so long. And I put so many of those feelings into my eating and into my exercise and into my looks. And I never even knew it. I had no idea. What I did believe was that though the rest of my world could possibly fall apart around me, at least I had control over what I ate, how much I exercised and what size pants I fit into. When that started to crash down and I lost control over my body, realizing all of a sudden that for whatever reason, I wasn't able to fit into the pants I wanted to fit into regardless of what I was eating and how much I was working out. The poop hit the fan for me. (laughs) I lost it. I lost it because I didn't have any more control over anything. Man, if I couldn't control my food and my body, if I didn't have control over those choices, and those were choices, I didn't have control over anything anymore. Suddenly, that was it. It was like my flaws were now all out there, scattered over the road like a bunch of fresh corn just tumbling off the back of a pickup truck and cars were just going by running over all my flaws, flatten them into nothing. I didn't even have time to run out there and pick them up and try to make something out of them. I just watched them come crashing down and I had no control. What do you do when you have no control? I turn to God. There have only been two moments in my life where I truly got down on my knees and turned to God. The first one was when my brother, who has schizophrenia, and at the time we weren't aware of it, went missing. He decided to go homeless and live on the streets of New York, the city that I was living in at the time. That was the That was the moment that brought me really to Jesus. I mean, I believed in Jesus before that, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him. I turned to God over that so humbly because I knew I had no control over my brother's illness. And the second time was when after two years of deliberately trying nonstop to lose the final pounds of my baby weight without success, I finally turned to God. Those are the only two times. I feel bad about saying that. I feel bad about saying that only in the sense that there probably were many other times where I should have turned to God and I just didn't because I felt like I could still get control over things. Um, My point in saying this is that I had a choice in both of those moments. I had a choice to either believe that my world was going to come crashing down or that Jesus was going to step in and perform a miracle. And he did in both places, although 
not in the way that I imagined, but that's usually the way God works. And amen for that, because I always say, you know, we plan and God laughs, right? I mean, thank the Lord in heaven that God does not make what we plan to be what actually comes into fruition. And I say that because we're so flawed, you know? And this is the thing. Your work, your efforts, they're never going to have the control over them that you want to have because you want them to be perfect. You want your works to be perfect. You want to have the perfect body. You want to make the perfect choice around your food. You want to have the perfect job. You want to have the perfect marriage. You want to have the perfect friendships. You want perfection. What you really want is God. And you can't get the perfection because you are flawed. You're not going to get those things on your own, by yourself, through your own actions, through your own game plan. It's not going to happen. But when you reach for God first, then you stay on point because God never misses the mark. God created the mark. And God's going to tell you what that mark is, although he's not going to tell you it all at once. That's not how God works. He's a moment-to-moment God. He's going to give it to you bit by bit, piece by piece. Flaws are important. This is what I have learned. They are not something to shoo away. They are not something to be afraid of. They are not something to hide from. Your flaws are what feed your faith. I'm going to say that again. Your flaws are what feed your faith. They are what brings you closer to Jesus. And whatever brings you closer to Jesus feeds your soul. Your flaws are what feed your faith. And whatever brings you closer to Jesus feeds your soul. You need your flaws because without them, you do not need God. And God created us to need him. So let's talk flaws. Because this is where the healing comes from. It doesn't come from covering it up. It doesn't come from pretending that you've got it all together. It doesn't come from trying to remove the flaws, remove the fat, remove the poor food choices. If you're even making poor food choices, I don't even know what a poor food choice is to be realistic. I just make a damn choice. Excuse me for swearing. You need to talk about your flaws and you need to talk about them in a way where you're not on the pity pot. You got to get off the pity pot. I said it before. I'll say it again. The devil rules from the pity pot. The porcelain pity pot is where the devil rules from. You got to get off of it. 
But let's talk about the devil and flaws. What do flaws do? Flaws, in my experience, give me low self-esteem. I'm flawed. I don't like my flaws. Therefore, I don't like myself. Because I see my flaws as making up a part of who I am. I'm flawed in the sense that I don't have blue eyes and I always wanted blue eyes. I'm flawed in the sense that I have my mother's arms, big, sturdy German arms. And feet. I have my mother's feet. I used to be called Flintstone feet when I was in high school. They're so wide. I don't even know how I'm fitting into shoes. I have no idea, but somehow I managed to do it. Um, But those are flaws. Those are physical flaws. Okay. Then I've got the, I don't even know, mental flaws, relationship flaws. I got many relationship flaws. Um, I think most of my relationship flaws stem from my obsession with my physical flaws. I really do. I think that if I were much more comfortable with being flawed physically, I wouldn't be such a weirdo when it comes to my relationships. I'm going to give you an example here. I'm getting a little personal, but I think you can handle it. Plus, my husband doesn't listen to my podcast, so I don't have to worry about him getting upset. (laughs) When I'm not feeling quote unquote thin, I do not want to get intimate. And so if I'm having a long stretch of time where I'm feeling fat, and let me just interject really quickly here. My health coach, Isabel Fox and Duke, who I adore so much. She's just taught me so much. She says, there's no such thing as feeling fat. Fat is not a feeling. And I think that's genius. And I think it's something to really mull over in your, in your, in your mind. But so I'm just going to say when I'm feeling fat, but recognizing that fat is not a feeling. So I'm going to say when I'm feeling unacceptable, flawed, um, unattractive, unworthy, fearful, anxious, when I'm feeling any of these things, the last thing I want to do is have my husband see me naked. It's very uncomfortable. I feel very vulnerable. Now I know that he is loving what he sees. I know that in my mind. And yet the worldly part of me, right? The part that makes the choice to believe who I am in the world's eyes, instead of believing who I am in God's eyes, that part of me says, you're a failure. You're not doing your job here, lady. You're letting it slip. You don't look good. You can't let this guy see that. You can't, you can't share yourself with somebody when you're looking like you do. No, you got to wait till you get in tip top condition. Then you can flaunt it. And just speaking this out loud, it sounds so ridiculous to me. I'm like, what? That is crazy. But it's the way my mind works. It's the way it, it goes. And I know I'm not alone in this. So if we own our flaws, 
if we start looking at them from a practical point of view of like, yeah, this is me. I'm, I'm flawed. Now, what do we do about it? Well, what I have learned is that I have to be so blatantly honest about who I'm battling here. Who is my enemy? Is it myself? Am I battling myself or am I battling a world run by a demonic fallen angel that wants nothing more than for me to go around hating myself all day long? Because if I'm hating myself, I am tuning out to God's love for me. And thus I cannot grow. I cannot be fed the spiritual food. If I'm not allowing my flaws to build my faith, if instead I am allowing my flaws to destroy my faith, really, you have to know who you're up against. Because if you're up against yourself, you're up against the world. And if you're up against the world, you're up against Satan. And Satan is no joke. He is the king of lies. He's the thief. And think of what has he stolen from you? Your self-worth, right? Because if you're sitting there believing that because you aren't thin, you aren't worthy, then you have allowed Satan to steal your life. Because that's not living a life through Christ. That is living a life through the world. The devil fuels your low self-esteem. If you name your fears and you call out each fear one by one, you are calling out the devil's playbook. You're calling out the devil's playbook because he's got a playbook on you. You know it, but you've got to get real. You have got to get real. God reminds us all the time. We are in a spiritual war against darkness, evil. We're in it, baby. We're working it. We are the soldiers right now battling this war. And if you are battling yourself, then you are letting Satan win. And sometimes I don't want to talk about Satan. Number one, he scares the living daylights out of me. And just mentioning his name, it's like, did you ever do that thing where when you were a kid where you heard that thing about, you know, Bloody Mary? If you went into a dark room with a mirror and you shut the lights off and you said Bloody Mary like five times, you would see this dead woman's face come up in the mirror. This is something that I remember like growing up as a kid. I tried it in my bathroom. It didn't happen. It didn't work. Obviously I'm still here, but <laughs> that's how I feel about mentioning Satan's name. It's like, it's like Beetlejuice, you know, like I don't want to say it too many times because I don't want him coming near me, but we got to get real. We have to say his name. 
We got to trust that God's going to be there with us when we're saying it. Because if we don't say it, if we don't point out where he is messing up our lives, we are just going to keep living with lives messed up. So let's talk about this. What are your fears? What are your flaws? Where are you not feeling satisfied about yourself? That is where Satan is hitting you the hardest. So I'm going to give myself as an example here. I'm going to share with you that I feel very unlovable a lot of the times. So an example of how Satan gets me is when I'm dealing with things with my husband, he's very dry, his sense of humor. And he'll joke around with me and he'll say something that is so just totally kidding, but it's still very dry and I'll take it personally. Like, um, I can't really think of an example off the top of my head right now, but anyways, um, so I, yeah, so I can feel unlovable. And so if my husband is having one of these nights where he's just really feeling playful and in the mood to pull my leg, I I can take things very, very, very personally. Um, I also tend to feel like I'm not going to amount to anything. That's a big one. I worry a lot that I don't have what it takes. You know, I'm not designed to leave a mark in the world. This is another area where Satan really comes in. I experience a lot of anxiety around my goals and I'm not a goal maker. I don't sit down. I'm not a type personality in that way. I don't sit down with goals and be like, okay, this week, my goals are blah, blah, blah. That's not my style. But in general, I have goals and Satan comes in constantly and is like, you're not going to achieve those things. This isn't happening. You're wasting your time. Let it go. He loves saying that to me. You're wasting your time. You're not meant for this. So in terms of my body, okay. Um, I love online shopping. Doesn't necessarily mean I buy a ton of stuff online, but just looking at clothes online, love to do it. When I gained weight after I started eating intuitively, um, it was hard, you know, and I didn't fit into my clothes. And so I started looking online for clothes that would fit me, but I noticed that I was looking at clothes that were still in the same size as my old clothes. I couldn't give up that number. You know, I'm like, no, I will fit into this number. I'm still this number, even though I couldn't button my pants at that number. I had a very hard time letting go because I had allowed that number to dictate my happiness, dictate my joy. Um, And that was totally Satan, right? My fear was that if I wasn't that number, if I didn't wear that size clothing anymore, I was out of control. My world was going to end. Everything was going to shut down. 
the corn was going to come flying off the truck and all the cars were going to come running over it before I could pick it all up. These are the fears that we experience. Recognize them, that that is not from God. Those are things from Satan. And it seems so crazy. Like sometimes I think, doesn't he have better things to do? Like, you know, get involved in some weirdo cult that's going on out there or somebody who's like locking their three-year-old in a car and the kid dies. I mean, to me, that's so Satan, right? Like me not feeling comfortable because I don't fit into a certain size anymore just feels like that's so small and that's not Satan, but it is just like God wants us to feel good no matter what size we're wearing. That's a small thing, right? Like to think that God cares about you so much. He wants you to feel good in X, Y, or Z size, but he does. He does. He wants you to feel good all the time. Wherever you are feeling weakness, that's where Satan is. But that is also where God is, strengthening you. Because you can't do it by your own strength. And this is the choice. This is the choice, believing the story of who you are. Are you the person you're pretending to be in that certain size or the person you hope you're going to be in that certain size, which is really just, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's, it's just really upholding the world's views and ideals and boxes that they want to put you in, right? It's, that's all you're doing with that. Or are you, somebody who can love yourself no matter what size you're at, no matter what you ate for dinner. It doesn't even matter what you ate for dinner because that has nothing to do with your work as a follower of Jesus. It has nothing to do with that. You have two choices. You can take your fears, and hand them over to the devil on a silver platter, or you can humble yourselves. You can humble yourselves before God and give them over to him in jars of clay. I'm going to repeat that. You have two choices. You can take your fears and give them over to Satan on a silver platter, or you can take your fears and humbly hand them over to God in a jar of clay. Yes, you're going to be more breakable. Yes, you're going to be more susceptible to maybe not being so beautiful, maybe not being so shiny and sturdy and used for expensive, wonderful things as a silver platter is. But you are going to be in God's hands. And I'm telling you right now, sister, I would not want to be anywhere else. Every day we wake up with a choice, with free will. You have a choice. The question is, can you be strong enough to make a choice? Or will you just allow the devil to make the choice for you? 
You have to choose God or else you choose evil. There is no in-between. There's no in-between. You cannot be cold, right? Can't be like lukewarm, may they say. You have to pick one or the other. But the point is, make the choice willingly. Open your eyes and deliberately make the choice. Don't just wake up in the morning and start your day like you do every other day where you sigh and you moan and you complain that you are the same size as you were when you went to bed. That is not living for the Lord. That is living for the world. And if that's how you're waking up every morning, you are not choosing God. I hate to say it. I don't want to insult anybody, but it's time we wake up. It's time we open our eyes to the truth. Satan is getting you and you're not even realizing it. We don't realize we have the choice. Because Satan blinds us with fear of ourselves, our present, our past, our future. We are paralyzed to the point where we can't even remember that control is in our hands. We see flaws as a lack of control. But really, the control is in the choice. You don't have to worry about the flaws. The flaws are bringing you closer to the Lord. The flaws are feeding your faith, bringing you closer to Jesus, who is the bread of life. The control is to choose goodness over self-pity, self-doubt, self-destruction, victimization. If you are going through your day mentally expelling energy on negative thoughts about what you look like, what you weigh, how you look and what you're wearing, you are allowing yourself to be victimized by the world. You are allowing yourself to be defined by what Satan has decided you are. You are allowing yourself to lose the battle. It is a choice. Satan's job is to make you feel powerless. And he does this by taking your hope, your peace, your joy. But let me explain something to you. It's only a shadow. Smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. God would never give that kind of power over to Satan. He would never give the power over to Satan where he could literally steal your peace and your joy without you still having the choice to give it to him. That's our power. That's our control. The choice, free will. You decide who you're following, where are you going with this, right? Jesus says that he came to give us peace. He came to give us his peace. We have his peace. We already have it. 
It's not something that we have to go through trial after trial after trial to take hold of. It's in us already. I mean, we can make it where we have to go through trial after trial after trial to take hold of, but that's because we're choosing the world over God. The peace is already there. It's just that you are allowing Satan to steal it. You're allowing Satan to hold on to it. You're allowing Satan to throw a blanket over it, an invisible blanket, so that you can't even see it anymore. You don't even know where it is. Satan and his invisible blankets, always throwing them out on my things. Satan can trick you into thinking all hope is gone, all peace vanquished, all worth made worthless through your failures. You failed, you're still fat. You failed. You don't look like what everyone says you're supposed to look like. You failed. You ate that brownie when you promised yourself you were going to stay on that diet. You failed and you're worthless. And the only way you're going to earn your worth back is by proving yourself. Does that sound like God? I don't think so. Mm-mm, honey. Nope. Sounds like Satan. But are you recognizing that voice as Satan? That's the hard part. You have to step outside yourself. You have to stop seeing everything as you. You have to stop thinking that every conversation you're having in your mind with yourself is you. You're at fault. This is your problem. You have to fix it. That's also Satan. We are not alone on this journey. We don't have to fix anything. God's got it all taken care of. The only thing we have to do is make a choice. Your power resides in your choice. At the most basic level, it is a choice every day to choose God or the devil. Girl, I'm going to repeat that one because it was good. At the most basic level, your power resides in your choice every day to choose God or the devil. I'm going to break it down for you because I need things broken down personally in my life. Step one, I choose God. All right. You wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, starting to feel fat. Fat's not a feeling, but you got those things going on. I'm a failure. I suck. I can't do anything right. I don't look good. Blah, blah, blah. What's your choice? Devil, God. Naturally, you're saying, I choose God. Okay. You choose God. What does that look like? Step one, I choose God. Step two, if I choose God, then I agree that I am who God says I am. These are things you got to say out loud. I choose God. Step one. Step two, if I choose God, then I agree. Sign your name on the dotted line, please. I agree that I am who God says I am. Step three, if I agree, then I am holy, righteous, chosen, loved, refined, perfected, received, his child, a king, a daughter, a son, a prince, 
saved. A soul saved. That's who you are. You just take that with you and you go from there. That's your most basic step. Step one, choose God. Step two, I am X, Y, Z. I agree to be X, Y, and Z. Step four, now what? Where do we go from here? Don't worry about that part. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't have a magical answer of like, oh, well, here's exactly what you do next. You know what you do next? You leave it up to God. Every day for the next week, I'm challenging you when you wake up in the morning to do these three steps. And I want you to do them if you can looking in a mirror. Because eye contact with yourself is so important. It's really recognizing that you are a living, breathing human being with needs, with a soul, and with a reliance on the Lord. You need to see that energy coming off of you as you have this conversation. You need to see how there is a shift in the paradigm of your peace when you say these things out loud. You need to be a witness to Christ working in you. So that's why I like the mirror. So step one, choose God. Step two, if I choose God, then I agree that I am who God says I am. And step three, if I agree, then I am holy, righteous, chosen, loved, refined, perfected, received, his child, a king, a daughter, a son, a prince. And then you let God do the rest. And any time throughout your day, if you catch yourself feeling negative about yourself, feeling fat, I want you to stop and say, I have a choice here. Which choice am I going to make? Do I want to believe the lie of Satan or do I want to believe the truth of God? And if you want to believe the truth of God, then what is the truth of God? Who are you in Christ? And say it over in your head. I don't care if you can't remember every single one of these. If all you can remember is loved and chosen, then just keep saying loved and chosen, loved and chosen, loved and chosen, loved and chosen. That is your only choice. It's pretty simple when you think about it. You have a million other choices to make every day. How many of them are actually geared towards who you are in Christ? you got to get on board here with this. You can't keep living the same old story, the same old lie that the devil has been serving you since you were in the third grade, that your fat makes you worthless. Because that is just not true. And it's time to step up, kick Satan in the face, and take hold of who you really are as a follower of Jesus. You owe that to yourself. You deserve that. And if you don't feel you deserve it, then just go right back to, I can at least choose God. And if I'm choosing God, then this is who I am in God. 
because that's who God says you are. And it may be that you don't believe it right away. It might just be like you're saying a bunch of words coming out, but none of them are resonating for you. Don't worry about that part. The point is you've made a specific choice and that's what you need to do. You need to get specific. If you want to heal, if you want to feel better about yourself, if you want to have a closer relationship with Christ, you have got to start getting specific and not just in your prayer life, but also in recognizing where Satan is attacking you. Because it always says in the Bible, be on guard, be ready. And if you're not recognizing where Satan's coming at you, you're not ready. You got to shut it down. You got to say, dude, devil, dude, I'm flawed. And that's a good thing. I'm grateful for my flaws because they're what lead me to Jesus. So I'm not going to let you try to control me anymore by making me feel as though my flaws are my downfall. My downfall is paying attention to a single word you say to me, a single sign you send to me, which comes through the world. You have to make your choice. Believe or not believe, buy into or not buy into. Give to the devil on a silver platter or hand to God in a jar of clay. Bow down to the Lord or give up your crown to the devil. Your destiny is not to be fat. It is to take up your cross. The fat is a distraction. If you have been focusing on your weight and on your food, you have been allowing yourself to be distracted. And it's okay. Don't feel bad. It happens. That's what the devil does. He distracts us. He throws things in front of us and says, pay attention to this over here. Get this right. Get this right. Then you'll have a life. Then you'll be somebody. Then you'll know peace. And Jesus is like, you already got peace. It's all over here. You just have to take a hold of it. You just have to make a choice. I'm going to put in the show notes the um, step one, step two, step three. For anyone who's interested in really trying to give this exercise a shot, I really encourage you to do that. I hope that you will wake up tomorrow morning making a decisive choice about who you are going to be in the day. In my personal experience, I have learned that if I don't make a choice, the devil makes the choice for me. And so it's never very good. And don't think that because you made the choice at 8 a.m., you're not going to have to make the choice again at 8.15. 
at 8.30, at 9, at 9.05, at 11, at 11.01. (laughs) You have to make that choice many times throughout the day, but you know where you're going with it. And that's what's key. You have to just focus on who you are in Christ and leave the rest up to God. Leave the rest up to God. He tells you who you are. Focus on it. Take hold of it. Be truly grateful and thankful that you get the choice because there is so much power in it. You're never going to be flawless. Okay? It's not going to happen. What you can be is grateful for your flaws because that is what's bringing you closer to Christ. So I'm just going to end with a prayer. Oh, Father God, the choice is ours and we are so blessed to be able to have a choice, God. And we thank you because this is what free will is all about. Every day we have many choices to make, but I truly feel as though none are so important as making the choice of who we are going to be. Are we going to be your children or are we going to follow the devil? Lord, I pray that you help every single one of us make the choice that is going to serve us best. Give us the strength, God, to turn away from the callings, the whisperings, the temptations of the world and keep our eyes focused on you and who we are in you because from that is where the life spring comes forth. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Feed Your Faith. I had so much fun with you today, and I really hope that you got something out of the podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you will never miss an episode. And also, if you're interested, I run an amazing Facebook group, um, Christian Women's Food Freedom Through Faith. Go to uh, Facebook and just put in, you know, Facebook slash Courtney Kopik, and you will come across it definitely check that out. And don't forget to to sign up for my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith, that you can get over at my website, www.courtneycopec.com. Have a blessed day. I feel the changes.